This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, once again, you are back with the DLR Cast, the podcast by and for fans of the mighty one, Diamond David Lee Roth. As always, I'm Steve, along with my good friend, co-host, and co-patriot here, Darren Paltrowitz. Darren, what's happening? Wow. Well, we are into the month of June 2022. I, I guess it's the summer. And isn't summer the time of year when you uh, relentlessly listen to Van Halen, classic Van Halen? Absolutely. As Dave has said in various ways, he's uh, with the soundtrack to more summers than for more people than most people could probably count or something like that. <laughs> and it's the perfect time for a little bit of Dave news and a possible comeback. So let's set this up quick. And I totally guessed what this was about. So if in the last 24 hours, a Fox News reporter caught Dave yeah. arriving back at Los Angeles International Airport, where he said... He was arriving from Mexico after playing a friend's party, apparently. So a couple things with that. Before I actually saw the video, I saw the quick blurb online before it went everywhere 24 hours later with all the usual suspects right. uh, as far as the as far as the various websites and blogs and all that stuff. But as soon as I saw arriving back from Mexico and they teased a comeback, I thought somebody got it. I thought two things. That explains Henson Studios and all the band members there a couple weeks back rehearsing something that we talked about that you that you saw on Instagram. Uh, we talked about in a prior episode. I yeah. thought that that answers that question. And two, somebody wrote somebody in Mexico wrote a very big check for Dave to do a greatest hit show with his backing band. And I guarantee you, from what I gather from that video, when he said playing a friend's party who was 13 years old when California Girls came out, I'm telling you, there's going to be a David Lee Roth NFT or something going on. And maybe he was or maybe he wasn't paid in crypto, but somebody paid a lot of money for Dave to play a party is what I'm trying to say. I entirely, entirely agree. Uh, I Somebody that I speak with a little bit who may or may not have worked with David Lee Roth in the last 45 years, that re really, really narrows it down to <laughs> figure it out. Uh, I was looking at their Facebook like a week ago or something like that, and they posted a vacation thing of themselves in Cabo. And I went, oh, cool, good for that guy. And then I was walking an hour and a half and went, motherfucker, he didn't tell me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I, it, he was in Cabo. Um, seeing who I think was in Cabo tells me this was not just Dave popping up for one or two songs. It tells me this was a proper gig. Like, I don't know if that means 20 minutes. I don't know if that means 80 minutes. Because, you know, we have seen some Dave performances over the last 10 years where he would do like two or three songs at a charity-oriented function. Sure. Sure. I think if you're bringing down the entire band, at least four other guys with you at the very least, and assuming you're bringing a sound guy and all that stuff, somebody's writing a big check for something for more than three to four songs, right? Yeah, Dave has done private gigs. It's Oh, not he has. And so has Van Halen, too. They did with Dave. One in Las Vegas, I remember in particular, I think. Yeah, it's not super documented. I don't know if no. it's conditions that you can't film it. 
or anything like that. But yeah, he's not afraid of a corporate gig. I mean, Stephen Pierce, he's done corporate gigs. Vince Neil has done corporate gigs. Kiss has done corporate gigs. Cheap trick. I saw them. On, I saw them on two corporate gigs many years ago before that even got very popular. So a couple things. So we uh, don't always educate, but we sure can speculate. And in this, <laughs> was that from the crazy from the heat book? If you, had, <laughs> you need to start ghostwriting Roth lines. Say that so, again. We don't always, we don't always educate, but we sure can speculate. And we do oh a damn good job. That's, <laughs> that's such a Rothism right there. Well we, we damn well. <laughs> and we're going to do that now. So, of course, Dave announced his retirement back last right before New Year's Eve, uh, the retirement shows that weren't. And he did say the last, what was it? The last, the last shows until it isn't. I remember something like that on the poster. When this Fox News reporter asked if Dave was going on tour anytime soon, he said, there's always a tomorrow for a singer, not so much for a trombone player these days. And uh, asked how many times did Rocky retire? How many times did Rambo retire? And certainly coming out of retirement is the least is the most likely thing, I should say. The least likely thing we'd be surprised about, right? So I suppose it's kind of inevitable, but I guess the question is when? You've already missed the summer touring season. It's mm-hmm. It sounds like nobody has... Um, you know, nothing after that. I should let me go back for a bit. This di- reporter did mention something about the asked about the tribute show mm-hmm. or tour yeah. or band that uh, was all over the news about four to five weeks ago. And we discussed ad nauseum and in depth. <laughs> and, you know, Dave didn't really, you know, you could tell the non answer is an answer, I guess. What does this mean? It means he came out of retirement for one show. Is there no. going to be something else? He never retired. He was just feeling grouchy that day and said that <laughs> statement. And it's it's almost like that Seinfeld episode when when George quits and then he immediately realizes, I can't quit. Why did I quit? And then he goes back the next day like nothing happened. <laughs> right, like, right. You quit. <laughs> no, that was a joke. That's really what I think it is. Uh, Roth can't sit still for two minutes, but I need to sidebar right here. Um, Go I for it, my friend. Saw this and went, "Oh, it's so good to see Dave. He looks good. He does." And for a sixty-seven-year-old th- guy, yeah. And that's based on the fact that I only saw the one photo that the guy posted of himself next to the car with Dave smiling out the window. Then I saw the video, and that video made me dislike Roth so much because of how dismissive he is. Like he's got the big smile on and he's being so condescending and rude. Did you pick up on that? You know, not, it wasn't that overt to me. You could tell he was had someplace to go, someplace to be kind of did the Hollywood politician sort of not a full snub. You got a little bit and I got to go. The The first question the he, uh, he responds with a, Okay, God bless. And then he keeps walking. And the guy's got another question. And I think that we as the fans do really have a right to know and a right to ask all this. Because as you pointed out, here's a guy going, going, I retired. And then the retirement gigs don't happen. And you go, so are you retired? And then these rumors leak of a tour. And he responds within like two hours of those rumors coming out to Van Halen news desk with a snarky thing that was a non-answer. So 
don't you kind of owe it just a little bit to the fans? Well, and cons- oh. considering there really wasn't there really wasn't a real I should there wasn't really an official reason why Las Vegas was canceled, right? I mean, everybody assumed it was COVID. No, it it was uh it was COVID where he said initially it was rumors. Right. And then the statement that he put out, he said we got rained out due to COVID. Yeah, I mean, but there was that's that struck me as I mean that led to all sorts of speculation. Who had COVID and why don't okay, you just postpone it for a little that. bit? Let me rephrase that. A source I will not name told me that people related to the production of the show had COVID and it was not Dave, but it was other people, which then infuriated me further because you go, so why wasn't there the atomic punks or understudies immediately available? Right. Or at least just reschedule. Look, I can tell you from somebody who just had COVID last week who had the shit knocked out of me for a few days and I'm not 67 for goodness sakes. I, I get the precautions, all that, but every I don't think there's been a major tour that has not been delayed or postponed some shows. I've seen it constantly. Every band I follow has postponed or moved something back because of, uh, because of COVID. It's just the way of the world, the way the way life is. And I mean, right now. And so that always disappointed me that nothing was rescheduled. And, and what I thought was maybe he was really fearful about his health. And then of course it was all, various rumors about his health. Well, he certainly looked healthy. He wasn't wearing a mask in this video and he sounded, right. gave a little scream there as well. Yeah. And that it'll was- be interesting. I, yeah, that was cool. And I haven't scoured uh, YouTube for any video that may have surfaced. Uh, let's put it this way. So far, I'm trying to think reclusive rockers. Well, Vinnie Vincent has got Dave uh, <laughs> beat as far as like performing this year. So when yeah. do you think that would happen? <laughs> Yeah, that's and Vinnie Vincent popped up in a number of Dave articles because did you see the Matt Sorum yes thing that he was asked to audition uh, or rather he tried to audition and it was like well how did you know about the gig well I knew about the gig because of that Vinnie Vincent that was somehow tied into well Greg Bissonette knew about it because of Vinnie Vincent like they're now piecing together the scraps of articles yeah I mean from what from just getting back to that, I, I did see that quote from Matt. So I thought was interesting was one, he didn't jam with them. And they, it was a reminder how big that rehearsal cattle call was for drummers. Yeah. He said it was like the line was around the block. At that point, Matt Storm, I mean, later on, he was with Guns N' Roses, but that's a few years before that. And yeah, I, maybe he just that's didn't, maybe cool. just, yeah, maybe just exactly. Maybe he just didn't have the, the, the resume, I guess, to make it into the finals, whatever. But what I what I took away from that was those time signatures. He said Vi was telling him, it's like, can you play 728 or some crazy shit like yeah. that? You know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't tell you this uh, uh, before we started recording, but I reread Crazy from the Heat, the autobiography over the weekend. Oh, wow. For research purposes. And after reading that, my head is spinning from Dave contradictions from like stuff he's saying in 97 and then on Howard Stern in 97 and 98. Like this is this is the funniest part to me of this whole crazy from the heat book. Okay, it's not the fact that he calls Mark Stone Mike Stone. (laughs) It's that. It's. Edaman Smile and Skyscraper is, I believe, three pages in the book. Total. That's, 
that book was lacking on so many things. I, I, I don't want to say it was a disappointment, but it was, yeah, I, it was a disappointment. <laughs> but I was thinking of you while I was reading the book because you a number of times when we talked about the ice cream man mystery about the $250,000 mystery ice cream man. I'm like, how the hell does Steve know that? Where, where does that come from? And it was in the book. It's in the book. Yes. It, it was in the book. I hadn't read it since <laughs> 2000, 99, 2000, something like that. But he mentions a line along with how they filmed the whole video for ice cream man at Sony music studios in New York and 250 grand and all that. And then he puts in there and that's just one of the things that I've recorded. I've recorded over a hundred things that I've never released. And you're like, wait, he's recorded over a hundred things he hasn't released. And that's 1997. The book came out. What? Well, Is Dave sitting on the craziest archive imaginable. I suppose, but there could be some element of exaggeration there because how many times have you read an interview with name your band here where it said, yeah, we went into the studio and recorded 50 or 60 songs and, you know, we narrowed it down to the 12 best for the album. Oh, bullshit. They went in with mostly demos and recorded 12 because who's spending all that money to record 60 songs in a studio? Having said all that, Dave, as we know, I mean, that's that sounds that's many years ago now. To have uh, to have that many songs, I mean, is there close to a hundred songs in a vault somewhere by now in 2022? Probably, but maybe he's. Who knows how many times he's he could record at home for all we know. Hmm. That's. I mean, that is a big house. There's no reason why it shouldn't have a recording studio. In they it. rehearsed in the basement for years. They did. Yeah. The, even Both the Van band. Halen and the Edom and Smile Band. And into the mid '90s, they were uh, rehearsing in his basement. Uh, I think Ron Wixo told us that during the interview that he, he auditioned down there. So it's you know rehearsal studio, recording studio, same possibility right there. So like where my head is at from this whole Mexico thing, it's it's like this. It's a three part reaction. It's like, oh, Dave's back. That's awesome. There's more gigs. And then the second part is. Okay, he's still kind of lying to us and giving us the half truths, and we still don't know when the news is going to happen because you know this all happened in the last twenty four hours. Right. If if we've done sixty something episodes of the show, how many have then been? Oh, something just happened. We have to get an episode out. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And we're still three months. What three months and counting from any social media post? If that Fox guy didn't suddenly was you know, by happenstance, bumped into Dave, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Did any of his band members, has any of his band members post on Instagram about this at all? Probably um, not. Uh, indirectly. Indirectly. Um, so, by that, okay. in Instagram stories vanish. Ah, okay. So gotcha. I don't I don't know, because the guys in the band, uh, two of the three guys, I assume it's a three piece. I mean, we're just assuming at this point that he's doing the power trio that he was planning on doing for the second Vegas run. Yeah. And save Keep some money work. there. Yeah. Um, assuming he did that. Um, two of the three guys are young to the point that they would not be repulsed by Snapchat. <laughs> like, like, you know how when it comes to the ages of people, which 
which social media things they like. Right, right. Like you and I are probably like, okay, Facebook, Twitter, maybe a little Instagram. And then once you get younger than me, it's like TikTok, Snapchat. Yeah, exactly. They're an appropriate age for TikTok and Snapchat. Wow. And and those two are things where you can kind of make things vanish by stories unless you save the stories to a playlist. Right, right. I would imagine none of those guys have the carte blanche to just like suddenly post a shot from uh, stage left. Do you know what I mean? What? None of those guys have carte blanche to, to post indiscriminately about what they're doing with Dave, I don't think. You would be correct based on the non-disclosure agreements that all the Roth employees post. I, I, I haven't figured out the year yet. I'm going to say the the NDAs came into effect somewhere around 2015. Just a guess. Man, he does run a tight ship, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he protects his stuff more than the government does at this point. You only will get info till we want to give you info. And that's the way Van Halen did it. It's all about the mystery of things, right? It's all about keeping keeping things very close to close to the vest. And there's most rockers don't do that anymore. Everything is up for grabs. Everything is open and out there for the most part. But Dave came up at a time where you knew nothing. You know what I mean? It's like Led Zeppelin. Who knew what they were doing? All of a sudden, there's an album in the racks and they're going on tour. Yeah. Whereas today, you know. You know which meal kit prep company the person's endorsing. <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know which which um, mental health uh, therapy app they're endorsing and they prefer over the other ones because they'll take that quick cash. You know, exactly. somebody goes, hey, um, you know, this is something that sort of bothers me. When people hire low-level celebrities for cameo videos, but it's just an endorsement, so they pay the person to just tout an app. Have you yeah. seen these? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of embarrassing. And fortunately, Dave has not succumbed to to that level of stuff. You know, he doesn't need the money, which is why he's able to keep us <laughs> uh, strung along for all these years. True. I noticed, too, it looked very much looked like he was bald. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, he he's living his true self. I mean, he when he did the Foo Fighters thing, uh, the Dave Grohl birthday party, and was that like 2014, 2015? Yeah. That was the first time we knew that he officially wasn't wearing a hairpiece and he was full body tattooed. I don't think we knew that stuff before that. No, and I I stumbled across that little 20 seconds worth of video of him walking to the stage uh, for, for yeah. one of the kiss gigs, you know, where he's like, hey, uh, you know, hard, not even really say anything, but got that saunter and and uh, that the bandana handkerchief, whatever. And he did have hair, you know, he kind of had the spiky hair thing going there. But I mean, you could tell what, you know, the top of the dome back there has thinned. And I don't think you're you're doing the spray on stuff anymore, you know? Oh, it the covering. This, this is heartbreaking to to. to I know, dude. Where are we going with this? Somebody who worked with Dave that I've spoken with may or may not have been putting the wigs on in the mid eighties. Um, you know, it. Hey, it's a sticking point. Nobody's perfect, but well, I'll tell you what. The first thing when I saw the when I saw the. Um, 
Yankee Rose video and yeah. saw his hair. I went, wait, what? What is that? <laughs> yeah, I never thought and about that. And then Skyscraper that. was noticeably a little bit thinner and he had a headband, you know, and then it kind of, I'm, I'm sure there's been some alter alterations and stuff there, but I mean, it, they, it wouldn't be the first rocker that I've known to, to, you know, need some help in that department. I mean, one I saw, you know, one I saw uh, basically walk in with a bag from a, a legendary guitar player, walk in with a bag uh, from uh, whatever drugstore was nearby before a meeting was and uh, was a little late to me because that person had to like spray something to cover some spots. <laughs> yeah. And no, it wasn't Rick Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the list goes on and on and on. Like when I tape these zoom interviews with with musicians you know you realize that some people have been dolled up to look amazing from 30 feet away but not two feet away <laughs> right right but, exactly. but you know dave is still in great shape that vocal yelp that the that he was put on the spot to do sounded great he's he was moving great. There was no limp that was noticeable, even though he's had a trillion shoulder and knee surgeries or whatever he told Joe Rogan. So we know he's physically capable of doing gigs. You know, is it going to sound as great as he did in 07 or 99? No, but no. I will I but. will posit, though, that most people who say Dave sounds horrible, that's a default sort of thing. I mean, is he singing like 1980-whatever again? I mean... And you could say, yeah, he was never a great singer, but I mean, the one Kiss, the one show opening for Kiss, yeah, the backing vocals might have been canned a bit, but his weren't. And yeah. I thought he sounded fine. And the 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 Van Halen shows, we you know we've seen enough bootlegs. The famous one that you absolutely love in uh, Finland. Hungary, Finland, that was it. <laughs> I mean, he sounds he, perfect. Yeah, I. Uh, you know, even that Tokyo Dome where the tapes were, the tapes were. Uh, I mean, it was basically live with no overdubs or anything. I happen to like that a lot. I think on most of the songs, he sounds pretty cool. And it is what it is at this point. So I I, I basically, I've always been on the mind that he could still get it 90% done vocally. If you think it's going to be 1978 again, like right. we've heard about those, like we heard with those isolated vocals that hit YouTube a few years ago, that ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen for any singer right now, save for possibly Glenn Hughes. Yeah, except Glenn Hughes, yeah, he is the the one that goes against almost everything. Him, uh, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick. That's about it. There's just yeah, those and even even Zander, I think, is as I I just from from seeing that band so many times here. I mean, even Zander's, and he'll be he'll probably admit it too. I mean, all these guys, you'll lose a little bit of a step. Dave is sixty seven, for God's sakes. On that note, the clock is ticking. I <laughs> yeah. mean, Satriani is seventy. Right. Right. That generation. And you, you can't go like, where are you going to be in 10 years? Like that we had a really. From yes, was it Alan? Oh, White? Alan White. Yeah. Yeah. Three people like that in one day. And, you know, not to be morbid, but like you only have a certain amount of time to do these things. You know, don't yeah. waste time. It reminds me that I saw somebody post. This has been a very bad year. It's like every year is going to be a bad year. All these guys are pushing over 65, for God's sakes. And you don't really pay attention to what their ages are until, yeah. unfortunately, something happens where it's like, ooh, he's definitely not getting that done live anymore. And it's been a few years. Or 
they drop dead. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's why I'm a little more pushy about Roth. Like with with our with the wasting our time with the will they won't they is he retired? Is there a retributor? Is there stuff in the fault? Like just tell us while you still have fans on this planet. Come on. Yeah. And it it becomes just such a chore to be a Dave fan at times because again great to see him on that video great to see he's capable of performing great to see he's still able to throw out the one-liners on a second's notice <laughs> awesome to see all that now come on man we don't have a lot of options for van halen period this van halen songs i mean you've got tribute acts and nerd halen and and atomic punks or whoever and that's it that and, is- Sa- and sammy and michael doing a couple songs that is I can't it. Forget, I can't forget that. I mean, there is that one with, um, why am I blanking on his name? The guy who's in uh, uh, Mitch Malloy. He's got his Van Halen experience thing. But <laughs> he, he turned me down for an interview twice after telling me he would do it both times. So that's why I'll, I'll sling a little uh, mud right there. But um, I, I just think that you can't waste people's time anymore i know it's this fun mystique thing maybe it's fun to him yeah like if you're painting all day give us a book um give us the 700 pages of the manuscript literally that didn't make the crazy from the heat book give us the john five album give us the dlr project animated comic give us something that's that's the funny thing you know, the last two years have been saved for, I mean, and I get it. COVID has, may, might have something to do with it. Although how many artists were so creative and were putting stuff out there during COVID because they had nothing ed- better to do. I yeah. mean, I, it, I was reminded this the other day that I remember when Paul Stanley during COVID, he was like doing these little tutorials online, kind of, you know, and that was the coolest fucking thing, man. It's like, yeah, here's the riff and hotter than hell or whatever. It's like, he didn't have to do that. It's just some sort of creative and fun outlet, you know? And how many, I'm not saying you have to do a Zoom concert, but what I'm getting at, there's been a real dearth of content basically, where before that, I mean, there was, you know, for Dave had two different podcasts going. Yeah. Remember the Roth show oh, with, yeah. with the theme song, Where is David Lee Roth? And, you know, you got various videos pop up like 50 rides on the love train. You've got, uh, you know, you certainly going back a little bit farther. You had no hold barbecue. You had the weird you you had the comic thing that you mentioned. There has been some different things. But then the last two years, it's been like with the exception of what the paintings that show up. Yeah. And that little blurb in the press and Dave doing a few shows with Kiss. The Ross comic thing that which I made fun of a lot. But uh, yes, but there were, and but and he did put out two songs, so we'll give him that much. But still, two, there's two songs. I got to. Was it was two it three that have been done for ten years? Right. Or was it three? I can't. I don't even. I can't. Three. I gotta, yeah. So yeah. it's like give us something, man. <laughs> yeah. I okay. He has these people. We've established there are people that work for Team Roth. It's it's not speculating. There are people who are employed by David Lee Roth. We know that he can't just sit around and do nothing. He's not just taking Portuguese lessons all day. He's <laughs> doing stuff. So it's like, are they not allowed to tell him, hey, Dave, you should put this out? Or they can't just sift through the archives and go, hey, Dave, uh, here's an album. It's 
such a head scratcher on every level. Like I'm sure the Grateful Dead have a full time archivist or a full time library. And Van Halen and Dave are in that rare company of bands that are industries unto themselves. Right. It's not just about leaving cash on the table. It's about protecting your legacy. And it continues to be the case that this is the worst legacy management of all time of any superstar artist. Am I wrong? Uh, as far as content and, and and keeping fans abreast and uh, of things, I mean, certainly Van Halen, their social media and stuff. I mean, just for, for I don't I haven't even bothered looking at the Van Halen website. I mean, it wasn't even it, it wasn't even, it wasn't even updated months prior to Eddie right. Eddie's passing. Right. Yeah. There, yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> but meanwhile, they they've remastered the catalog like two, three times in the last eight years or something yeah. for the Japanese mini single box set, <laughs> thing, which no one wants or, or needs. Um, I don't know. It There's some days when I'm just not proud to be a Van Halen fan. And this is one of them based on this. It, the, this is all we get. Yeah. And it's, there's almost, it sounds like we have some sort of sense of entitlement, but on the one hand, I don't think it's any sort of big middle finger to the to the fans at all. I just think it's just a very old school way of doing things, and y- you you get what you get, and you don't get upset. You know, it's was well, that and, one? Did you write that for for Dave? You get what you get, and you don't get upset. I may have heard that many many years ago at, at preschool <laughs> for my kid. Um, but do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's it, nothing happens without his say so, right? Yeah. I mean, especially for Dave, I think he micromanages every every possible possible yeah. thing. And if you really have a definitive vision of what you want to do, there's no there's no gatekeeper better than than that person to kind of mine the store and mine the legacy. Having said that, though, I mean, why keep it a mystery at this point? I just think it it. You know, you think there's no plan. I just think it's kind of his muse. Whatever, if he's if this is what he feels like doing now for a while, I mean, it's okay. I'm done with that. I'm done with that podcast. I'm done with these vlogs. I'm done. He had a blog for God's sakes. These yeah. long form written things of like five or six different things. And all right, I'm done with that. Stick my, stick my toe in the water. I learned yeah. Japanese. I flew a helicopter. I was an EMT. I was a blogger. I was a podcaster. Uh, he might just not have really the interest to do a bunch of, a bunch of different, he has so many interests. I think it's like, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to, I'm going to do music. <laughs> and then he got tired of it from one gig. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. The more people I speak with who knew Dave is the more of the contradictory nature of it all, where you hear that he works harder than everybody that he's interested in something. So he's going to learn everything about it. But then it seems like after he's learned everything he can about it, he kind of goes on to the next thing, but there are a handful of things that he's a lifelong person in martial arts. Martial arts. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could say guitar, but you know what? That's been a really, really, really weird thing because the 98 Howard Stern interview that I listened to where Dave was on, he's making fun of Eddie for singing lead on Van Halen 3, talking about how horrible it is and how Eddie has no place singing lead and how he would never do, he would never pick up the electric guitar. And you're like, wait, what? 
Okay. <laughs> First of all, Eddie Van Halen was the singer in Van Halen when they were Mammoth and they were the cover band. That's the first thing. <laughs> and also, Eddie did sing on Humans Being, whether or not he heard that. But you, then he says, you know, and he'd never play electric guitar well. We've seen videos of him playing guitar, and he plays guitar every single night on stage when he does Ice Cream Man. <laughs> well, even Eddie said in that big Guitar World interview for A Different Kind of Truth, um, uh, Stay Frosty, that opening bit, and basically that song came that opening bit all was all Dave and Eddie yeah. said, yeah, that's him on guitar and he plays pretty well. So if, if yeah, I, it's there's the more I speak with these people who know Dave, <laughs> the more questions you have. I don't know if that is actually his design because Bowie comes up a lot in his kind of stuff that he was sort of friends with Bowie here and they talked but Bowie's also a big influence on him, too. And I don't think people really delved into that. But did he make a lot of the decisions that he made in his career because of a what would Bowie do? Like, for example, using Nile Rodgers as a producer. Possibly. And certainly, I mean, even though Bowie most the majority of his career was music focused, he certainly did dabble in a lot of different genres and he did the acting thing. Yeah, and he, I think he also was a did he paint as well? I mean, he did a lot of different things, too. So there are some parallels there. You're right. And then how did Bowie how did we find out that he died and that he had new music? He just one day on a Tuesday or whatever. Well, right. here's his new video and his head is on the TV, but his body is not in the video. Oh, OK. And then a couple of months later, oh, he died. Yeah, and we saw a little bit of that when with the Van Halen comeback. All of a sudden, there's a press conference. What? Yeah. All of a sudden, there's there's rehearsal footage from you know the last rehearsals uh, at Santa Monica Civic or whatever they were running through the full stage set. What? Same with for the different you know no interviews, one press conference. Same with uh, a different kind of truth when you think of it. The single yeah. pops, bam. That's and it. No interviews and. If he would, same, this is the same way he's released the uh, the three different songs. Yeah. Right. I mean, I could see him popping up an album tomorrow and you get that's it. It's just up on Spotify and everywhere else. But that's, you always leave him wanting more. Like, I would love to get a full digi pack with a bunch of artwork in there. Yeah. You know, press up 10,000 and that's it, limited edition. And as we know from our Rich Hilton interview on this podcast, who played keyboards on your filthy little mouth and appeared at a gig or two for Dave in that era, Dave was drawing all the time, all the time. And if he wrote a song, odds are in the lyric sheet, he might draw something that represents that. And you, you saw that in the jewel case, in the booklet for your filthy little mouth. And then so, again, for a different kind of truth. So where are all these drawings? Like if, if Gene Simmons had all the stuff that Dave had unreleased, that would have been like six box sets and six more vaults. And, he, you know, the, the, the way that the Hendrix estate has unveiled things that like Jim, Jimi Hendrix died in 1970 and there's still unreleased material that came out last year. There might have been a Paris show this year. It was either this year or late last right. year. And then there was that Hawaii show documentary. And you go, how's the man been dead for 50 years? And there's still new stuff. 
Yeah, and that's a family legacy that's the custodian of all that, or at least it was yeah. many years ago when I worked for MCA Records. We did the BBC sessions, a bunch of other things, because Janie Hendrix's sister, I think yeah. the dad had passed, This everything reverted back to the family finally, and it's like, okay, now we can really put some TLC into this stuff. This is this is what we think would have been Jimmy's vision, and then they keep finding stuff. So, Yeah, I, look, I would love, if even if it was as simple as Dave put out the covers, like what he did on the Diamond Dave album that was all but one or two covers, the the ELO song Shine a Light that's in the background of No Holds Barbecue and Baker yeah. Street, which we talked about with Mark Elmer. And what was the other song that we forgot? Uh Mustang Sally. Like right. even if he just puts that out, great. We're, he's got great stuff that's unreleased. It's just a wonder why would you not want to put this stuff out? Unless as you pointed out is the whole thing oh it was fun doing that and then he moves on to the next thing and just i think that's there. really what it is it's he's kind of like a shark he's got to keep moving from where we sit we go well oh it's unreleased stuff. why doesn't he do it just a covers album i would love to hear him do just a country record right i mean whatever yeah. whatever you know there's all sorts of that wackiness that are is in the vaults just not the way he rolls man right now i'm gonna do i'm gonna spend all this money and time in japan and i'm gonna come up with some bizarre gangster movie for 12 minutes i mean Make it, put it out, not do any interviews in support of it, and then flush it down the toilet. <laughs> and I then think maybe delete it from YouTube eventually. Yeah, I think for the most part, most of Dave's stuff is all, um, you know, most of what Dave does is is exactly what he wants to do at that moment in time. Yeah, hence why a paparazzi reporter who may have been tipped off. I, I floated that, you know, taking a full circle here. A friend of mine who worked for a big company clearing photos and images and music and all that. He really knows his stuff. He was like, oh, that company? Yeah, that guy knew he was coming off the plane. He was prepared. At, you know, maybe the guy was a big fan, but in other words, they had a flight list or something along those lines to know that Roth was on that plane. Who would, have, who would have let them know? All the time, um, being a big wrestling fan, it comes back to wrestling. The celebrity autograph hounds know that kind of stuff because they would have a friend at the airline or somebody just took okay. them off at a different airport. But it's not it wasn't anything it wasn't anything like coming from Dave's management or publicist for a second. No. Hey, Dave's getting off an airplane. I mean, that you could tell that was just spur of the moment, you know, spur of the moment for Dave's like, oh, shit, there's somebody here, somebody yes. in front of me. My understanding is Dave's accountant is his handler slash manager was right. not in that video, but there is no publicist. There is nothing. Everything goes through the one accountant, which right. is hilarious when your accountant is your manager. <laughs> yeah. Um, coming back full circle here. I mean, so, so what do we know? We know Dave's healthy. He made an yeah. appearance. We hadn't seen any, we hadn't seen a picture, video, or anything from him in ages. Yes. Yeah, you're right. We, you and I have talked about that on the show. He was at the VMAs, he was on the Rogan thing. And otherwise, it was all just audio voiceover stuff. Well, I'll have to keep an eye out and see what happens next. My hunch, nothing. But <laughs> I am with you 100%. I, I think that you hit the nail on the head, really smart an assessment at the beginning when you said, well, you would have timed this for a summer tour. You can't 
book any more summer tours. Right. Summer tours. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that sort of thing. Again, if it's going to happen, you got to you got to start working on it like now. Nobody's getting any younger. Everybody's got their own schedules, too. I mean, the only one who might have a clear schedule is Alex. Yeah, I'm with you right there. I think that, and this this is a hunch and assumption, not anything I know. I would assume that the people in his solo band are on some sort of a retainer so that when he creatively has an impulse, hey, you're available, first right of refusal. That's my assumption with all this. Yeah. But I don't think there's anybody of a high level that has worked with Dave that is available on a moment's notice. I don't think Billy Sheehan is available on a moment's notice. No, 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 no. I don't think so either. So. (sighs) So we continue to know nothing. (laughs) Again, we might not educate, but we will speculate, folks, right here on the DLR cast. Yeah, well, uh, next episode, we'll probably pair with an interview. Yes, um, but in the meantime, you know, thanks for thanks for tolerating two people speculating and pontificating for 40 minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. And let's not get out of here without some sort of a tease as far as what you may or may not have uh, under under soon to be possibly under wraps or working on. Or let's tease the next interview. We got a, we got some good ones still in the can there. Uh, OK, well, one that we're going to use uh, is Bob Marlett who produced the DLR band album and wait, is he credited as the producer? I know he's credited as a co-writer and he's in the studio for some of it. I'm not sure if he's the producer. I think he mixed it, co-wrote a couple of songs and was around. But anyway, I spoke with him a month or two back and talked about who he is and where he came from. And uh, he's one of those under-the-radar guys who never stopped working, which I think is a kind of cool way to be. I know. I've seen him on various credits over the years, um, and I don't have it in front of me <laughs> to look if he um, produced or not. I'm trying to just pull it up on Wikipedia real quick. But um, uh, that should be pretty interesting because, yeah, he's been that kind of behind-the-radar sort of guy who's been i've seen songwriting credits i've seen production credits from him and stuff and uh um that sounds good i'm looking forward to hearing that one and talking about it we'll pair that with a 15 minute discussion about Dave's <laughs> what's what's not happening <laughs> what's not happening with dave exactly you beat me to it <laughs> we'll start scraping the bottle uh, bottom of the barrel be like so there's a rumor that and and then we'll lead into the interview but for now hey we have dave news relish we got something enjoy folks thanks for downloading streaming however you get your podcast we do appreciate it if you've got a dave tip news or info or just want to correct us or give us some cool news and info shoot us an email at the dlrcast at outlook.com Yes, thank you for listening. Seriously, corrections are welcome. They've led to some of the greatest scoops we've ever had on the show. Absolutely. We got we got some uh we got some great fans out there. So thank you. Thanks and sorry. <laughs>